Welcome to Dharma If You Dare. Today's recording comes from Doug Duncan and Catherine Poissarat's inaugural episode of their Facebook live stream series, Enlighten Up, recorded at Clear Sky Center. In this talk, Doug and Catherine explore the process of spiritual awakening and its many benefits. They discuss how it leads to greater freedom and control in our lives, makes us less subject to old habits and conditioning, and allows us to bring all aspects of ourself into consciousness. If you find the teachings of Planet Dharma resonate and are wondering how to explore them further, we recommend our free online course called Wake Up, Four Paths to Spiritual Awakening. This self-study course gives an introduction to the main approaches that Doug and Catherine employ with students to help them find their speediest path to spiritual awakening. You can learn more and register for free by visiting planetdharma.com slash wake up. And now here's today's recording. Welcome to Enlighten Up. This is our monthly live stream. Today we're live from Clear Sky Retreat Center in the BC Rockies. And the question we're talking about today is why awaken? Catherine. Why do you think people should awaken? Well, I probably have a million reasons to awaken, and they're all really, really good ones. And the fundamental reason is to suffer less. The suffering still happens, but we don't suffer about the suffering. It's a little bit of a, a subtle point, but an important one. Mm. So that's the truly fundamental reason. And that's a little bit self-oriented. I get to suffer less, yay. Which means more happiness, yay. Well, and if you suffer more less, joy. you bring less suffering to others as well. Right? Exactly. I bring less yeah. suffering to others, and, and ultimately we help others to suffer less as well. Most people, when they think of suffering, think about like a disease or something major. But a lot of suffering is really minor, like boredom or restlessness or loneliness. These are forms of suffering. Incessant smartphone updates. <laughs> Getting on the phone to the telephone company or the bank. It's, when we talk about suffering, we're not just talking about the big stuff, but the, the kind of minor irritation in the system. So according as to well the, as the big stuff. Yeah, as well as the big stuff. According to the Theravadan Buddhists, the last fetter to fall on the path of awakening is restlessness. So even that just gentle disturbance in the system is a form of suffering. Yeah. And it's not a big restlessness, it's just kind of a core restlessness. So this awakening thing addresses that. Another good reason for awakening. I, I like the idea of metaphors. I'm a big metaphor guy. I like you metaphors. You are a big metaphor guy. And so when I talk about why awaken, I, I, I like to use metaphors. And one metaphor I, I like using, I think it's from the feminist movement of the 19... 80s or maybe the 1990s and they had a little slogan they say why awaken or something <laughs> did they say that no, no, wow sorry, that's sorry. amazing they said why not why not <laughs> and and why not women with equal rights and so on and so on and so on and of course the yeah. answer is of course and uh, you can apply that to awakening as well like why not because awakening is basically greater degrees of freedom being less subject to the suffering even though life is going to bring it it's contained within the language. Awakening is about waking up mm. from a state that's akin to sleep. It's about becoming more conscious, becoming more aware, less unconscious. Yeah. 
us unaware and enlightenment similarly it's about turning the lights on so not not being in a darkness of ignorance anymore so that, that's all quite motivating yes i like using that metaphor of sleep or dream in terms of a metaphor because when you're asleep or dreaming you have no freedom you have no power you have no control you're adrift leaving out for the moment uh, lucid dreaming conscious dreaming the, the lack of control or power in a dream, we think we're awake in waking life. But since so much of what we do is from habit, that would be the metaphorical equivalent of dreaming. So we need to wake up from our habit forms. Or sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. We need to wake up from our habit patterns in order to be awake in this life, have more freedom, have more control, have more direction, less subject to being a cork on the ocean. I notice that sometimes while driving, I can find myself kind of halfway across town and I, I realize I don't remember 10 miles of that journey and, and that can be a little spooky speaking to the autopilot yeah you know all the things that we can do on autopilot yeah. in fact it's probably the the child running out between cars or the old woman crossing the street or something while we're driving that calls our attention which makes us think we're awake because we have that one moment when we're okay. back to awakeness and then we go back into our say we're talking to someone so we get that illusion so i had a a friend that i worked with in the arctic who was a sleepwalker and he got up in the night he made himself bacon and eggs he ate it he went for a walk down the highway and he found himself a mile down the highway before he realized he was asleep so he did all that in sleep mode so he managed to control it but he had no control over what happened outside of that because when you're sleepwalking you have a limited you have a very limited range of awareness and a very limited range of uh, functionality it's you can just do what is already habituated like cooking or making breakfast but with the awakening mind you have this greater freedom and this greater ability to explore things in a wider range so what really happens with the awakening is the impediments to learning the, the habitual condition structure ego habit patterns that have been built are loosened they can, you can still use them if you want, but you're not subject to them. So now you, it's the beginning of the ability to learn without veils or blocks in front of you. So that's a pretty motivating reason yeah, to awaken. Yeah. Pull, pulls all those blocks away. Yeah. Another thing I noticed, we tend to not even mention, there's all these additional things that are often heralded as kind of primary causes to meditate or reasons to meditate. And, and we tend to not mention them because they're actually byproducts of a really good state and greater awareness. So that would be lower blood pressure, mm. less stress, better relationships, increased joy, increased focus, better productivity. You look young longer. <laughs> so these are all natural byproducts of a committed spiritual practice and spiritual unfoldment, of, of which the ultimate is spiritual awakening. I think an additional one, since we're on this subject, is that Usually when you get older, people in their older age are often not so interesting to listen to because their explorations really maybe stopped in their 30s and 40s. And so they haven't done that much new. But the awakened mind gives you this uh, ability or this desire to kind of keep growing and unfolding throughout your whole life. So it's more likely in your old age that people will want to listen to you and hear what you have to say because you've been living your whole life. You haven't kind of been just sleepwalking. So I have another reason. You do? I do. What's your other reason? Another reason for awakening is because in in that sense of do-it-yourself dharma, uh, which 
we're not super keen on because the nature of the ego has blind spots and when it's blind, it's blind and it's hard to see your own blind spot. But having said that, you're awakened in every moment anyway. So between one thought and another, you have this kind of spacious gap or between one feeling and another, you have the spacious gap. And they're very, very, very short. It seems like our mind just tumbles on, but there is that space between things, like between two words on a piece of paper. When we're reading, we don't think about the space, nevertheless it's there. But it is in the spaciousness where your freedom actually lies, because there's no obstructions, there's no difficulties, there's no problems. So we try to live from the spaciousness and then go engage with the words. That's a, another metaphor for why we Yeah, I think that's why the arts are such a powerful vehicle for some people for their spiritual practice. And mm. in countries like Japan, they've really developed this to an incredibly sophisticated level. And they talk about that, that all of the Japanese arts, the gap, mm. the space between things is a really fundamental element. element. So it's not about the strokes, the brush strokes or the strokes of color or ink on paper. It's about the space between those strokes. Exactly. And same with music. It's not so much the notes. It's about the space yeah. between the notes. Well, I guess music without space would be noise. Right? right. So the difference between noise and a song or music would be the space between the notes. And so that's another metaphor for awakening. And you see it, as Catherine's saying, in the Japanese arts, you see it in their gardens. And gardens are about spaciousness. And their paintings are often, the people are often small and the space is often large. I lived in Japan for 20 years and Sensei here lived there. Sensei is, means teacher in Japanese. He lived there for 10. Another reason for awakening is I play golf badly and I went for a lesson to a pro a couple of lessons and after the lesson it's about an hour the the pro turned to me and said oh you're you're amazing and I said well why is that and he says because you actually listen and I said well that's what I'm paying you for I'm paying for <laughs> you to help me improve my golf game and he said well no most people don't listen most people just want to be told that what they're doing is okay and somehow magically make it better and most people don't actually want to change what they're doing or change how they're doing to make it work better and that's another metaphor for awakening is that because you can actually listen without fighting against the programming of what you want it to be or what you want it to hear your ability to learn new things your ability to quickly adapt to changing circumstances oh adaptability yeah adaptability flexibility mobility and that leads to resilience resilience the ability to be with different kinds of people under different kinds of situations and cope into difficult situations all get better that's right we went to a chinese restaurant in town lucky star and the owner is actually from Hong Kong. And some friends were trying to teach me some Chinese and they kept repeating the word and uh, it was for delicious. How to is something like that. And they kept saying, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I, I swear I'm saying what you're saying. And you know, why isn't, why does it not sound like it? And I realized that there, there was something about the tones cause the tzu goes up. And there's something about the tones that just my ego didn't want to make it. You know, I just didn't want to make that sound. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense if I'm trying to speak Chinese and sort of part of me is refusing to make the correct sound. So as soon as I had that moment of realizing what I was doing and that it didn't make sense, I could say it correctly. This is a real... So this is that impediment yes. to learning being 
pulled away with greater yeah. awareness. Yeah, and this that. takes us back to the metaphor about the sensing, because actually I was using the senses as a metaphor, but your ability to hear, your ability to see, your ability to smell, your ability to touch, uh, so on. What, what have I missed? Oh, be, smell, be aware of what's going on. Yeah, your contact with Read reality. Read body language. Is blanketed or smothered a little bit by the conditioning. You know? Oh, that doesn't, you know, you don't have crickets with beer, you have potato chips with beer. So the programming, the conditioning of how we're raised in whatever culture we're raised in is a kind of a blanket. And the awakening gives you that ability to step outside that. So in Catherine's case, the ability to go, tzu. and for me, tzu. Tzu. we do have it right? right? How how anyway, for me, it was in Japan, it was the word sumimasen. Now in Japan, if you want to get the waiter's attention, sumimasen means excuse me, you kind of go, sumimasen. You got, you got to have this tonal change. And I just refused to do it forever, right? I would go, sumimasen, sumimasen, sumimasen. And I would just be ignored. And then we have a student who did it really well. Sumimasen! <laughs> and the whole restaurant stops to take care of her. So again, it's this ability to adapt and not get fixed in a fixed idea of yourself, which is another reason for it. Yeah. Flexibility, adaptability, which leads to resilience, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to have at least one or two or three or four traumas in their life. You can't avoid them. And so being more awake certainly helps how you transit through and move through that trauma. I had a friend, right. I have a friend who's a student who had a very bad car accident and was in hospital and couldn't move for months. He said the only thing that got him through from kind of going nuts was his meditation and awakening practice. Yeah, yeah. Forced immobility, Forced basically, immobility, yeah. in a hospital bed. So another reason for why... <laughs> you got it. Wow, yeah. I mean, really, the reasons never stop. They never stop. <laughs> another reason for why awakening is because basically from about two years old, we develop an ego. And, and, and this ego is like, slowly becomes like cement. And between, why, why from two years old? Well, because that's when self-awareness starts to arise. Oh, that's the first time a child can look at themselves and say the word me so it's since it's, they actually did an experiment with this with one of our community members toddlers right right you, you yeah. would say doug and and see if if the little boy could say his name and it, it was about when he was two yeah when he could first when do he it. could first do it he didn't quite say his name but he went e like me so that's when it arises it's just an evolutionary thing and that's the way of it so anyway, now we have to fit into our family and our mother and father and the conditioning and whatever they think is right and wrong. And so these things get kind of solidified over time. So by the time you're five, you know, I think it was Aristotle who said, give me the kid till he's seven and I'll show you the man. So this self gets fixed and then we rebel and we think we rebelled against the fixed self. But when we rebel in our teenagers, we're only rebelling against what we can remember. And most of that's post five. So we don't get down to that earlier sense of conditioning and fixidity that holds us in a certain way of how we see ourselves. What the awakening does is it goes beneath that five-year-old and even beneath the two-year-old. And in fact, it goes into the womb experiences and liberates that being to have a looser sense of self. So that's another reason for awakening. That sounds like a good reason. A lot of these ideas, if you find them interesting, you can read more about them in our book, Wasteland to Pureland. Mm. And uh, we're doing online courses on, based on this book as well. I think a lot of people have an idea that the spiritual life is supposed to make you like, like super flat or super even. 
Right. Right. And in fact, what it does is it doesn't try to get you into this false calm or this false equanimity, which is maybe more indifference, which is what we call spiritual bypassing. You're missing the energies held and locked. So we want to unlock those energies. And when we do that, then the energy goes up and down, riding the dragon, as Catherine has said. But your ability to ride that dragon leaves you kind of even in the middle. Sure. I'd like to take both. Yeah. Sure. A Sangha member at Clear Sky right now wanted to know, how would you know when you're ready for your first retreat? Good question. How do retreats fit into this picture? Oh, gosh, just do it. As, <laughs> as Nike says, yeah, you're, you're ready. Yeah. It's good to start, right? The journey of a 10,000 mile starts with the first step, and your first retreat is a tremendous milestone. Hmm. Go for it. Make a commitment know what you're getting into before you go so it's not a surprise once you get there that can make it harder and yeah happy ex happy inner exploring mm -hmm. yeah it's the beginning of something truly wonderful you start with something short you know a day or a weekend but the, th the thing to remember is nobody ever feels ready for their next growth experience this is true the argument that we present is that if it's arising in your world you're ready so if you think it's time to meditate, meditate. If you think you're not ready to meditate, you never will. But if the thought has arisen that you should or you could or be a good idea, that's the time to do it. Because if you stop listening long enough, it won't arise again. So for instance, karaoke. I'm not a great singer, so I thought, oh, I need to get over this and spend more time singing. So I took a little lesson and I've done some practice. Voice lessons? And I'm getting a little better. Much right? better. But that opens a being, again, to a kind of a wider range than if you just shut things out. And usually with age, we shut more out. So youth is also a great time for possibility. And if you are older, you have less trauma when you meet something new because you've been through enough. So a lot of experience. you may not have the same energy, but you have a lot more ability to ride the ups and downs, as it were. Yes, and we recommend if, if you've never done a retreat and you're not quite sure if you're ready, we highly recommend a course through Clear Sky Retreat Center, an online course called Ignite Your Spiritual Life. Yeah. And that'll help you get prepared and make a really positive difference in your personal and professional life as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review Dharma If You Dare on Apple Podcasts to help more people find and benefit from these teachings. And don't forget to subscribe to get episodes and bonus content sent directly to your device. The year 2020 will be the official year of meditation. Join Doug and Catherine virtually for their four online courses throughout the year or in person at a retreat or public talk in North America or Europe. Visit planetdharma.com and click on events to learn more. And as always, you can learn more about Planet Dharma's offerings at planetdharma.com podcast. See you next time, and may all our efforts benefit all beings.